What's up, everybody? Hope you guys are well. Fulfill my destiny podcast. Here we are, Friday edition. I'm Pastor James Levesque. Want to thank you for tuning in, making us a part of your day. We're going to jump in and really talk about the power of prayer. You know, I think ongoing devotion every day, which is why, you know, we originally even created the podcast. And of course, now if you are looking for an every single day devotional, we have uh, you can actually go to Audible, Engaging Heaven Today, 365 Daily Devotions. And I, I do the voice for that, so you can get that. But ongoing communion, daily communion with the Father is, it's everything. It's almost like running running your car on empty, right? I think people, they get tired. They get just in the flesh. And, and, and truthfully, it's easy when you're serving the Lord to just get so busy doing things. Like I had somebody recently, she said, man, I'm just so busy. I'm so busy. And I'm thinking in my head, no, you're not busy. You're just moving. And I said to the person, the goal isn't to be busy. Like the point is to be effective. And there's a lot of people moving, but they're not necessarily doing anything effective. And when you're not being effective, then you've got to evaluate your busy, right? Like, it's not the goal isn't to just do things to do them, right? Like, we just want to stay busy moving in the right direction. Like, the goal is to be effective in what God's called us to do and to be diligent, to be diligent in that. But prayer, man, it's everything. When I first got saved, there was a, um, I had a friend in school that I was ministering to. Well, well, let me say, a friend that was in school that when... I got saved, and then I wasn't even in school, but I was ministering to him. I just knew him before I was saved. And, man, he really had an encounter with the Lord. At first, he didn't want to hear about the faith, but then, you know, then he really had an encounter with the Lord. Now, I'll never forget going to his house. You know, it was a black family, and he had a grandma. And everyone, I say, like, Nana, that's a word you hear a lot. Everybody called her that. And she raised him, which was, you know, Believe it or not, that happens a lot. But she was such a woman of faith. Always praying, always contemplating, always, you know, she was just one of those saints that you want in your church, you know. But she had such authority. I don't I don't remember seeing a woman that had that much authority before. Like, she just whispered and God moved, you know. And I'll never forget. I mean, she was, like, straight up, she was the first person to tell me that I had a call in my life, you know. Like, she would just, Jamie, there's something special about you. Like, she would just tell me, I pray for you, and, and God showed me you're going to do great things. I mean, I never heard this before. Like, I, that was before I even had the desire. And, like, I always wonder, like, what is her deal? Like, why? Like, man, she's so powerful, you know? And then one day, I came to their house, and I was waiting to meet my friend, and she took a little while to answer the door. And I'll forget, she answered the door, and I just feel heaven, like, all over her. And she invited me to go. She's like, oh, I was just praying and worshiping. And she invited, she said, you want to come to my prayer room? And I'm thinking, what is a prayer room? This is so weird. And right off the kitchen, on the first, well, you go up steps, but the first living floor of the house was a prayer room. And it was like a red pillow on the floor, a carpet, and just music and that kind of stuff. Her Bible and a couple chairs and man when I walked in that room I felt heaven so strong you know and that was the first time I ever even thought even the idea came to me that you can have a prayer room in your house 
Like, think about what I'm saying out loud. Like, this chick took a whole room in her house and turned it for prayer only. This isn't like, I'm going to build an office. Hey, we're going to play room for the kids. It literally was a prayer room. But when I walked in there and she had worship on, and I'll never forget, it was like Don Moen, I think, was singing like, You are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. And I walked in there. I was like, yo, this is incredible. And you could see the tear stains from the pillow, like like active, like like she just was crying on the pillow. And she told me that she prays for me all the time in that room, you know. And it really impacted me because I realized that, that at that moment, you can have two people and they're both Christians and they both love the Lord. Right. But one of them is just different. Right. One of them is just different, different in their speech, different in their approach, different in how they handle their kids, different about what they've been through. And Nana was just different. Right. And, and I remember as a young age, you know, out of that experience, thinking like, this is what I want in my life. I want because I, I realized that and she was always this way. If you saw her at a church function, or you saw her in, in a church service or you saw her at her house. Like she always had that presence about her, you know, that wisdom in her, that faith around her. And it to me, I knew, I mean, I was a very young Christian and I realized like, man, she's built different. Like her prayer life really does spill out to the parking lot, you know, and not everybody's devotional life really does spill out that way. And, you know, we have an obligation to this world to have a devotion to God. And then I realized like not all prayer, and this was a big one for me. Not all prayers created equal, guys, right? The Bible says things like the prayer of the righteous avails much. Like, what does that mean? If the prayer of the righteous avails much, then that means the prayer of the unrighteous doesn't do anything. Then I realized things like Jesus said, when you pray, you know, he said, it, I think it was um, Mark chapter, um, no, not Mark, uh, Matthew. Well, he said it in multiple places, but Mark 11, Jesus said, when you pray, you know, basically talking about mountains being mobile, ask whatever you want, it'll be done for you. Like, really? Why is he clarifying when you pray, right? What is it about when you pray that these things happen? If not everybody's prayer is the same, and some prayers are more effective than others, then what does he mean by when you pray? What he means by when you pray is Nana in that prayer room, when she comes out to do life and she speaks something, it's a powerful force. When your gas tank is full and you pray, it's going to be powerful. And yes, God hears your prayers and he'll honor any cry. Trust me, God will honor, Lord help. But if we're talking about mountain moving prayers, if we're talking about mountain moving faith, then it really is about the state we're in when we pray. Living in that place, that place of peace, the place of joy, the place of healing. When you pray, that's a powerful place to be when you're actually actively praying. You're a different person. Right. Speak whatsoever you desire. It'll be done for you. Why? Why? How come the Lord's just not walking up to you on a random Wednesday talking about what do you desire? Speak it out because your desires aren't his. Ooh, your desires change when you pray. Your desires change when you step into a greater presence. And so whatsoever you desire, I told you, you've heard me say it before. I remember I was out in the lobby of a church. And I heard some some young girls going, well, you know, the Bible says whatever I ask, he's just going to give me. And and I was like, uh, nope, no, nope, that, that might not be for you, baby cakes. You know, like that's not it's not a promise for every single person. 
This doesn't mean anybody that goes to church, if you just tell me your desire, it's going to happen. Absolutely not. What it does mean is when you pray, you cultivate a relationship of faith, you cultivate a relationship of heaven, and then you step into a place of whatsoever you desire. I promise you. I remember when we were praying about the next city after New England, and it was a huge move for us, huge. I mean, it was my life, everything I've done. And we thought we were going to go to San Diego, and Florida was right there on the map with us. Obviously, that's where we would end up. I was very, I was just, I was really trying. I was pressing in. I was just like, man, you know, God, you know, I'll give you everything. I submit to you. What do you want? And the Lord said something to me that I don't, I'm going to risk most of you not understand it. The Lord said to me, James, I found you faithful in what, whatever city you choose, I'm going to, I'm going to breathe on and bless. Now, listen, I get that doesn't fit your, your mindset, but there is a place of whatsoever you desire because your desires aren't his. I mean, your desires aren't yours. They're his. And there's a place of favor and faith where the father says, I'm going to bless wherever you put your foot. That's not most believers walking around, guys. They're not living the right life. But the Lord said that to me and it forever changed my mind because then I realized like I it doesn't matter if it's a bush in Alabama or a beach in Florida where nobody goes to church. God's going to breathe on it because we're there. And like the rest is is history. But it really is a series of yes and living with God and living with devotion that changes everything. So this whole weekend, I pray your eyes are open, that you see the reality of the supernatural and you spend time with the Lord because truthfully, he wants to change your desires. That's it for today. Love y'all. Have a great weekend.